Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. It is a Wednesday edition of the show. We're going to talk a little bit more about the big free agent signing that the Bucks made yesterday, which was Akeem Hicks. They addressed the defensive tackle position, but we're also going to spend a lot of attention on the show about what's next for the Bucks. Who's next? Who are they going to sign next? And it seems like that edge rusher is that perfect position that they should address. Get that fourth outside linebacker, another veteran to just be there just in case something goes on with Shaq Barrett or Joe Tryanchenko. So we got a lot to get into on this show. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you, my friend? Good. How are you? I am doing well. I think, uh, you know, we're right in the mix of all the fun stuff with the Bucks. Yeah. You know, we went a little time without free agent news and moves and we're obviously very removed from the draft but you know OTAs is getting us along and and now this move with Akeem Hicks obviously moves the needle a lot too for not just us but for Bucks fans it does and remember a couple weeks ago uh Buccaneer fans were freaking out because the Saints signed Jarvis Landry oh my gosh this team is doing nothing (laughs) what's going on Buccaneers you know and what do we say there's still plenty of time before the season opener at Dallas. There's a lot of time to acquire players. The Buccaneers are not done. And uh, that was a big signing yesterday, Akeem Hicks. And, um, you know, we'll get into that. And as you mentioned, I, I think the Buccaneers are going to sign another uh, edge rusher. We'll talk about some of those names today. But uh, we also said last week when we had Will Golston, Bucks defensive lineman, on the show that we were going to be trying our best to get more Buccaneer players, coaches, front office staff, et cetera. And we do have another special guest lined up tomorrow. That would be Bucks wide receiver, Cyril Grayson. And we're excited to have him. You might remember him for being the hero of the Jets game, catching that pass from Tom <laughs> Brady. It's crazy, right? Because in that game, on that last drive, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski, Cyril Grayson, Tyler Johnson, those were the primary wide receivers left because you had Antonio Brown ditch the team and and skip and hop off the field in the third quarter. But Matt, on that last drive, even though Evans and Gronkowski were there, Tom Brady exclusively targeted Cyril Grayson, who made a couple of great catches, and Tyler Johnson on that final drive. And then Johnson also had a great game against the Carolina Panthers the week before. So we're excited to have the speedster from LSU on the show tomorrow at four o'clock. So don't miss that. And uh, and it's this is going to be a, a fun summer. We're going to try to get more Buccaneers players and coaches and, and front office staffers on for you guys because we had a, a lot of fun with Will Golston last week. Yes, we did, and we're going to have a lot of fun with Cyril Grayson Jr. as well too. And you know, you mentioned that Jets game, and it's funny because that game's going to be memorable for a lot of reasons and. Probably mostly for the Antonio Brown play, but again, the Jet, uh, the Bucks don't beat the Jets without Surreal Grayson Jr. making all those plays, yeah. making a, a walk off catch. I'm sure Bucks fans will remember that part of it as well too. And I just think, and we'll talk to him about this, just his overall career arc of where he got to now, and and is fighting for a great opportunity to not just make the team, but really be a contributor on this team that could potentially be a fourth or fifth receiver you look at the fact that he went to LSU as a track star and he played for numerous different teams I mean you talk about journeyman he played for a lot of different teams in the NFL before he really started to carve out you know a niche here with with the Bucs so I I think it's going to be a very fun interview tomorrow I love his Twitter game too he's very funny (laughs) on social media so we might get into that a little bit as well but yeah make sure you tune in tomorrow at 4 p.m for that episode it's going to be great we love having the players on the Mm -hmm. fans have really enjoyed it too. So we're going to bring on as many players and personnel as, as we can. Yeah. And uh, we would certainly be uh, remiss if we didn't, uh, since we're talking about uh, winners and, you know, and, and uh, exciting players, et cetera, if we didn't wish the bolts good luck tonight as they resume their push for a third Stanley cup title, a, a rare three peat. Uh, and, uh, Hopefully we'll have Braden Point back. I know he was on the ice, but uh, that'll be exciting tonight at 8 o'clock as they take on the New York Rangers. And, Matt, uh, people might hear your accent and say, well, Matt's a New Yorker. He's got to root for the Rangers, right? But that's not the case. 
No, it's not. I hate the Rangers. I'm not an Islanders fan either. I'm a Penguins fan. It's a very right. long story that if people want to <laughs> ask me, I'll tell them. I'll tell right. it to them a, a, another time. But we're here to talk about yep. the Bucs. So go Lightning, go Bolts. I hope they sweep the Rangers. I hope they dominate them. Might be going to the game Sunday. I'm not totally sure yet, but uh, very excited for the Bolts. And we'll see. I mean, they're on a great chance to have to create history. You know, yeah. a couple of teams have only won two in a row. Penguins did that. Lightning mm-hmm. just did that. But to get three in a row and four in a row, like those Islanders and, and Canadians teams, I mean, that's rarefied air. So yeah. truly be awesome if the Bolts can do that. I agree. Uh, Mark's main channel says, call Cyril the heat-seeking missile. He takes down Jets. I like that. That's pretty hey, cool. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Too. And it's yeah. funny, too, speaking of, speaking of Grayson, you know, a couple of years ago, he was a guy that was a little bit in the doghouse uh, at Peter Report because he oh, could yeah. get open. But he couldn't hold on to the ball. But you know what? Yep. He's grown. As we've grown as well, too, we've adjusted. He started making plays. And we've seen the growth in him. We've talked to Kevin Garver, wide receivers coach, about that, too. I mean, he's just – obviously, you have to catch the ball. But he's just right. overall understanding the game more because mm-hmm. he's doesn't have that experience like everyone yeah. else on the roster does. So it really is incredible. It's funny, right, because Russell Gage hardly played at LSU. He was a gunner on special teams – before having 25 or so catches his senior year and didn't really do much. And he was drafted really just as an athlete and as somebody who could go out there on special teams and contribute. And he's really carved out quite a niche for himself as a complimentary receiver in Atlanta. And then when Julio Jones, you know, was, was traded and then you had uh, Calvin Ridley go down. I mean, you know, Gage really had to step up. I mean, he's had back-to-back years of 700 yard seasons, and, and now he parlayed that into a, a massive deal, $10 million a year for three years with the Buccaneers. And, and he went to LSU also. So that for whatever reason, the Buccaneers love LSU Tigers, right? Devin White, uh, formerly Kevin Minter, they drafted Andre Anthony. They got Cyril Grayson, who was a track guy at LSU, and now Russell Gage as the receiver. So just a, a ton of, of LSU players that have come through Tampa and, and are still here. And uh, it just takes some time sometimes, right? It took Russell Gage some time to learn how to play wide receiver. And doing that at the NFL level is challenging. It's tough. And, and now we're kind of seeing the emergence of Cyril Grayson. And gosh, you know, if he, if he hadn't hurt that hamstring, both he and Rashad Perriman went down in week 18 with hamstring injuries, it would have been interesting to see if he could have continued some of that late season magic into the playoffs and, and you know how that might have helped the Bucks passing game against the Rams. Yeah, I think he could have been a huge help in that playoff game just on again the trajectory that was was going on with him and we'll see if he can continue that. Uh, he hasn't been out at OTAs or at least recently from what we've seen. He's been right. working out individually. But as Todd Bowles talked about with Russell Gage and as we saw with Cyril Grayson Jr as well too, it's OTAs. There's no reason to, you know, push anything that's right. a little too seriously going on with them right now. So I'm sure, yeah. you know, Grayson, well, he was working out, he was stretching, he was getting some running in. So I'm sure he'll yeah. be fine by training camp. We'll find out a little bit more tomorrow. But another well, thing that you should find out more yeah. about is Celsius Speaking of push things, we're going to push some Celsius right now. Folks, this is the cola flavored, okay? Matt's holding up the, the peach vibe. He's rocking the yep. peach vibe, uh, which I went for one of those cans this morning and I'm out. I was thinking peach vibe and we're out at the Reynolds household. So uh, I this is actually Celsius number two. I had a tropical vibe today, and that's one of the, the newer flavors. The newest flavor, of course, being the Arctic vibe, which is selling out fast everywhere. Arctic vibe, tropical vibe, peach vibe, those are some tremendous flavors. There are an assortment of flavors, as you can see, a lot of them fruit flavored, right? They've got some some green tea flavor. They've got a lot of sparkling beverage flavors. But folks, if, if you're not maybe into the fruit flavors, which are delicious, and I am, but if you want a nice change up, or let's say you're not into the fruit flavors, the cola flavor tastes just like your favorite cola beverage. And what's great about Celsius, aside from the great taste, is no preservatives, no artificial flavors or colors, seven essential vitamins, zero sugar, so you get all the energy you need without that sugar crash later. Folks, it's energy to live fit. It is essential energy. Do yourself a favor. Go to Amazon.com. And, and buy some. Do the subscribe and save the ship it right to your house and you save money that way. Or you can go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator and uh, type in your address. Find the places that sell Celsius near you. So Matt, we, we've got 
We've got uh, uh, Akeem Hicks signed today uh, in the bag. We'll have his contract numbers uh, coming out a little bit later today as, as we get those. But what it looks like right now is, and I know that some people kind of maybe freaked out a little bit because they saw the headline. And that's part of the reason why I wrote the headline, because knowing Drew Rosenhaus, when Drew Rosenhaus announces a signing, and he does that through the national guys like the Schefters, the Rappaports, et cetera. They put out the maximum contract value. Okay. So that just kind of comes with the territory. And and then later today, the, the, the numbers actually come out. And so uh, Akeem Hicks, he's not going to make $10 million. That's why I said in the headline yesterday, worth up to $10 million. It's really a $6.5 million deal. So it actually puts him less than Indomitian and Sue made in terms of, of base salary. Sue made $9 million in each of the last two years. Then his first year, he did three one-year deals in a row. His first year, 2019, Matt, $9.25 million. The last two years, $9 million. So Hicks is actually going to be cheaper than Indomitian and Sue, $6.5 million. Then he's got $1.5 million for per game roster bonuses because he's been injured, right? I mean, that's the one thing that's great about Sue was you could always count on him. He never missed a game in his NFL career outside of being suspended. So he has been an Iron Man when it comes to injuries. Hicks has played in, I think, 29 games over the last three years. So he's missed about 20 games due to injury. So that $1.5 million, that, that may or may not be in his pocket, depending on if he's staying healthy or not. Then he gets an extra $2 million because that takes it from six, six and a half million up to eight million. Then there's an additional $2 million he can reach for uh, Bucks wins in the playoffs. If he makes the Pro Bowl, which he did back in 2018, if he makes an all pro team, then he can earn up to $2 million more in incentives. So this is still a, a really good deal. I think you're going to see the cap number come in at around $3 million in, the, in that range. For Hicks, that means there'll be some dead money next year. That's okay. The Buccaneers, Matt, they're in an all-in type situation this year. The window of opportunity is right now. And I'm sure that the cap hit is going to be favorable to the Bucs because there's a reason that Adam Schefter specifically mentioned cap guru Mike Greenberg, who works in the front office, hand-in-hand with, with, uh, with J- Jason Light and Jack Davidson. Not all assistant GMs, always get mentioned by you know reporters and stuff like right. that so you know greenberg is doing something nice there and that was the big thing that we talked about yesterday for a little bit we talked a lot, a lot about many things on the show yesterday but one of the things was okay 10 million well that's what sue wanted but as you said that's just you know the agents really hyping it up there's the uh the trio the the holy triumvirate that is you know building yep. one of the best rosters jason light it, mike greenberg and there's darcy uh well, yeah, that's true yeah, I mean, she's an owner. She's part of a team. Yeah. She's the one writing the checks. So, <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, Greenberg and, and Light have done tremendous work. And and I tell you, folks, it's it's one thing to have a personnel guy. It's another thing to have a personnel guy and a cap wizard. And that's exactly what Mike Greenberg is. And so, when you can find and attract talent, and then get that talent for, you know, at or below market value, and maneuver the cap to where you create some flexibility to continue to add players, Matt. Th- that's that's what the Buccaneers have done. And so when we talk about the Buccaneers, you know, going all in, a lot of Buccaneer fans look at what the Saints and other teams have done, and they say the Buccaneers really aren't going all in. But but in fact, they actually are. I mean, here's here's what they've yeah. done this offseason alone. And and why don't you just comment on this? I mean, comment on the offense here, right? You got Rashad White came in via the draft. And they've added some other players, right? The the Kate Ottens, the, the Co'Keefe's and stuff. We're talking about the first, second, and third round guys, right? We, we've included Rashad White, Luke Decky, and Logan Hall, the first three picks on this this uh, list here. But there are also some key free agent additions as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think where Bucks fans get mistaken and where people are like, oh, the Saints are doing better than us in terms of free agency and things like that is the Bucks for the last – two or three years have gotten the blockbuster move, whether it was Brady or Rob Ronkowski or, you know, bringing in Antonio Brown or even Richard Chipman or Lynn Bell one or another were like a household NFL name where this, mm-hmm. this might not necessarily be 
the household names that you have expected over the last two or three seasons. But there are upgrades around the board. I mean, starting with Rashad White, yes, he's a rookie. I understand he hasn't played a game yet in the NFL. But the Bucs, again, have had a game plan. They set out for things, whether it's getting a receiving running back or a defensive tackle with a good first step that is able to pass rush. They address that right away with Rashad White. We all know Ronald Jones, his issue was he couldn't catch the ball. And when he got relegated to being a, you know, second or third running back when he's not getting the majority of the snaps, that was always an issue with Rojo because Rojo needs those reps where other running backs don't. And I don't think that would be an issue right. with Rashad White. So you're already getting an upgrade there. Russell Gage replaces Antonio Brown. And sure, maybe he's not as talented as Antonio Brown, but that's still a very strong nucle- nucleus. You know that Russell see. Gage is going to be around for every game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's you're not, not going to have suspended. to worry about headaches. Yeah, You're not going to have to worry about headaches or things like that. And then you look at Shaq Mason. People already said that he's a better offensive lineman than Alex Kappa. And they got him for less money than what Alex Kappa signed with Cincinnati. So across the board, you're talking about just upgrades or keeping everything intact. And you're not just taking something that's broken and putting duct tape on it. All right. You're actually gluing it together and you're making sure you have a strong core right then and there on offense and on defense as well, too, with this move of Akeem Hicks and obviously Logan yep. Hall. You have your your group up front that you can rely on that you're going to believe in this year. And you have insurance policies, of course, with Keanu Neal and Logan Ryan. Yeah, and I think, too, it's like you, you look at sticking at the offense for a second here. Yes, Luka Decky, should he win that left guard job? And, and my guess is he, he will at some point, whether it's opening day and they, they decide to go with Stanny or – as we've just seen this team do, right? We saw it in 2020. Yeah, we're going to throw Anton Weeville Jr. in there in the first game against the Saints. We're going to do the same thing with Tristan Wirfs. They don't even even need a, a damn preseason, man. These yeah, are rookies. They're ready to go. So whether it's Gadecki or Stanny or whoever, whoever wins that left guard job, not going to be as good as Ali Marpet day one. Like, that's a given. Right. <laughs> but, but at the same time, though, like you were saying, Rashad White should be an upgrade over Rojo. Russell Gage... Uh, is he a, as dynamic as Antonio Brown was? Well, we saw in Antonio Brown, who was in his early 30s after some injuries, and we saw some some good games from Antonio Brown. And we also saw some games that you know, were okay. And with Russell Gage, he's an ascending talent. We'll see. Shaq Mason, as you mentioned, Fred Johnson, right? We saw Josh Wells have to step in with a gimpy leg to fill in in that Rams game for Tristan Wirfs. Right. So now the Buccaneers have bolstered that offensive tackle position even more with another option who can play left and and right tackle with Fred Johnson. And Matt, I'm going to go back to the Super Bowl team in 2002, the the first championship team that Tampa Bay had, Super Bowl 37. And what was different about that Super Bowl team from the earlier years, from 99 when they came close against the Rams in 2000 and 2001 when they fell short under Tony Dungy of getting at least back to the NFC Championship game and ultimately making the Super Bowl, was it wasn't the Stars, right? This was a team that still had Mike Allstott. It still had Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks and Rondé Barber and John Lynch and Simeon Rice came, you know, at, at the end of the Dungy years. Uh, they had a bunch of talent. They had think Scott froze there again, as happens from time to time on the show. That's all good. I was interested to see what Scott was having to say there, because with all due respect to some of the Bucs fans uh, watching this, I was very young when that first Super Bowl team won their uh, their Super Bowl victory over uh, the, I was about to say the LA Raiders, but they were the Oakland Raiders at the time. That game was in San Diego. So as we wait for Scott to finish his point, we'll get to some uh, comments here from the fans and we will get into a group i have a list of a couple of edge rushers that could be possibilities for the box could be financially a uh, fit as well too so uh we can get into that ask scott it looks like he's going to log on here we got one that says <laughs> yeah some people aren't too happy about uh you know what antonio brown did at the end of the year which again why russell gage will be reliable because you're not going to see him do some uh you know, some of the antics that we saw with Antonio yeah. Brown. Scott, I think we got you back here. Yeah, I am back. And, and what, what I was saying is, is when you look at, at the, the Super Bowl team in, in 2002, 
the stars were there, right? The, the Warren Saps, the Derek Brooks, the, the John Lynch, the uh, the Rondé Barbers, the Mike Allstotts, you know, they, they were all there in those dungy years, but it wasn't enough to get this team over the hump. What they needed mm-hmm. to do was to get those, those backups that were C-grade players and turn them into at least B players. They had the A's, right? And I think I think yes. last year you saw the Buccaneers, their A players were there, with the exception of, of you know Chris Godwin really at the end of the season. But they had enough A's. Tristan Wirfs was out. And so you you were left with the gimpy Josh Wells. Maybe if Fred Johnson comes in and plays better than Josh Wells, who's aging, right? Fred Johnson's a younger player. And so if you can get better at some of these other spots, and I think that they've done that. Look, for example, at the Akeem Hicks deal. And everybody's kind of saying that Hicks is going to replace Indomitian Sue, and, and that's really not the case. Hicks is actually going to replace Steve McClendon. And, mm-hmm. and so when you look at, at, at Hicks, 32 as opposed to 36, he's a more dynamic player. He's bigger than McClendon. He's, he's a better pass rusher. So when, when he gets into the mix with Will Golston and, and with Logan Hall, you're going to have a much better player in there than when you had with Steve McClendon last year. And I'm not taking anything away from, from his game. It's just that Hicks is a better player. And in some regards, Hicks is a better player than Ndamukong Sue when he's healthy. So I think Logan Hall replaces Ndamukong Sue. And what he's going to lack in Sue's experience, Matt, Hall is going to make up for with the speed and athleticism that at age 35, Sue just doesn't have. So I think what they're looking at is Hall and Hicks are going to be better than Sue and McClendon combined. Yeah, Hicks just needs to get an interception, and then it'll be, without a doubt, <laughs> right. uh, uh, an upgrade. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, and I think what is really telling of it, too, when it comes to Hicks, as we've talked about, it really just comes down to if he can be healthy, if he can stay healthy and on the field, mm-hmm. he's going to be a force for the Buccaneers' defense. And I think it's very telling, too, when you see former teammates of his, such as as Chris Long, uh, sorry, Kyle Long, yeah. his brother, and other former Bears players or current Bears players where they're like, the Bucs got a dog. The Bucs got a great player. You see Chicago Bears analysts talking about it too. They all universally agree. It's like, oh, damn, you know, Keem Hicks was a great player. It sucks to see him go, but he's going to have a great time playing for the Buccaneers defense. I know Pete Prisco from CBS was like, good luck trying to run on the Bucs at all this yeah. year. And John Ledyard says something about, or every year, because obviously the Bucs already right. have a great, you know, defense. But, also, Scott, I, I thought you brought up a great point about the B and C players, you know, elevating their game yeah. for the first Super Bowl team. I think you saw it as well, too, when the Bucs won their most recent Super Bowl. Maybe yes. not as directly, but I just think of guys like, you know, Aaron Stinney, obviously, mm-hmm. coming in for Kappa. That was huge. It was I huge. At, I look at Cam Braid, who we all love Cam Braid, mm-hmm. and he's a solid player. Yeah. But he was awesome in that postseason as well, oh, yeah. too. Like, he was Dominating, he had, he had a four touchdown catches and- for eighty yards, I think, against Washington that first week, right? Yeah, and he had a touchdown against Green Bay, yeah. and he had that great screenplay in the Super Bowl. So again, right. like we all know, Cam Bray can be good, but he elevated his game at yep. that next level. And of course, the Bucks defense, Vita Bay didn't come back until the NFC Championship game, so the defensive line was great all year round, just staying in there, you know, doing what they need to do. Staying yeah. stout in, in stopping the run and obviously waiting for Vita Bay to come back. So, yeah. oh, great photo right there. Way to be behind. Wow, Scott, your timing is. Yeah, well, I, it, and, I, and that, that's what it is. It's it's about depth. It's about having the depth at as many positions as you can. And sometimes that's going out and getting a player like an Antonio Brown during the season, right? And, and that was the right call in 2020, just like it was for the Rams last year in trading for Von Miller, right? That was the right call from a depth perspective. Yes, it was. And another thing that would be great to get the right Odell call Beckham on Jr. Too. Making... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Odell as well. But what I was going to say is another great thing that you can make the right call on is making the right call with your bets. And if you're going to make a bet, the best place to go and do that would be mybookie.ag. Folks, let me tell you about this great company. And if you're into gambling on sports um right now you got obviously we just talked about the bolts they got a big game against the rangers tonight if anyone saw the 
Colorado Avalanche against the Edmonton Oilers. That game was insane. I bet the oh over. The over was seven. There was 14 <laughs> goals scored in that game. I believe the final score was eight to six. Yeah. So that was incredible. So you have playoff hockey. The NBA Finals about to start this week. And you got baseball going on right now as well. And, you know, baseball, there's 162 games in a season. That could feel like a grind to watch. I understand. But you could put the excitement back into it. Each and every game with my bookie. There's run lines, money lines, props galore, first inning, no runs, my favorite bet. And nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is very simple. Deposit up to $1,000 and play with $500 instantly. Just pro code computer to give me a monkey deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, ever been a better time to join the my bookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code Pewter to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway, all the way up to $1,000. So bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. And again, that is promo code Pewter for MyBookie and MyBookie.ag. Good stuff, Matt. Good stuff. You know, um, the other thing too, and let's let's put the graphic up one last time here. We'll get to yeah. some some edge rushers. You know, when you look at, at what they've done with the defensive line too, Deidrean Sanat. This is an interesting player because he's he's a backup nose tackle. I'm not sure out of everybody on this list here that he makes the team. He's not a lock, but you never know what's going to happen in camp from an injury perspective or in the preseason. And having a, an experienced guy like this played a couple of years in Atlanta. It was a UCF. I'm sorry, not UCF, USF product. Having yeah. having him where a guy like, like Benning Potoahi or or some of the other guys that are that are in the mix at the defensive tackle spot just don't have much playing experience. This is this is invaluable too. So he may not even make the camp or may even make the team, but he, he'll make the camp better for the Buccaneers just because he's an experienced player. And then obviously, Matt, you hit on Keanu Neal and 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 Logan Ryan. And, and I think both of those moves, right? I mean, you're looking at an upgrade over Andrew Adams with Keanu Neal. You're looking for an upgrade over, like, say, Ross Cockrell with, with Logan Ryan. And so, to me, you're taking a, a lot of these guys on, on this list are going to improve the depth from a C level, which it was last year for some of these guys, to a B level, Right. And so when you have those injuries in the cornerback room, instead of maybe turning to a D Delaney or having to sign a Pierre Desaire or Richard Sherman off the street, maybe you can put Logan Ryan in there, you know, for a couple of games as an outside corner or a slot corner to help you out. And if you need him at safety, he can play that too. So I, I really like what, what this team has done because they've got plenty of stars, right? We saw that at the Pro Bowl. Would this team have like 15, 16 Pro Bowlers this year? You know? <laughs> it felt I mean, like it. And made the, plays too. Mike Evans had yeah. an awesome touchdown. Antoine Winfield Jr. had uh, the, the pick six. And Ali Marpet right. almost got a tackle in a game on interception. So, yeah. 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 So the Bucks are very well represented. They, they were. And so to me, it's it's getting better backups, better depth, because you never know when you're you're going to need it. Like you said, the Aaron Stinney back in 2020 was was a prime example of that. And the Bucks coaching staff is all about competition, competition, competition. That'll yeah. be the same with Todd Bowles. That'll be something that won't change at all. And I, I think it's important, too, with guys, whether it's drafting Gadecki and going up against Aaron Stinney. You know, I'm sure Aaron Stinney probably thought before the draft, like, all right, this is my – this is my job yeah. for going into this season. Sure, there's going to be competition with Hainsey and, and Nick Leverett, but now it's like, oh, all right, they're they're putting the pressure on him. Yeah. And same thing with Sean Murphy Bunting. If if he struggles like he did last year, that's all Logan Ryan. He might take over that job. Same right. thing with Mike Edwards. We all mm -hmm. love Mike Edwards. There could be an adjustment with being a full-time starter. We just don't totally know yet because we haven't seen him play right in full games. We've seen it from time to time, yeah. but for the majority of his career, no. So if he struggles, again, it's not going to be handed to Mike Edwards. Keanu Neal's right there. That can go, and, and and it could be an opportunity for him as well, too. Yeah. So it, to go back to the offensive line, I'm interested in the competition this year with mm -hmm. Stinney, Gadecki, everyone else we just talked about, but I'm not concerned about it. And, right. and what I mean is the best man is going to win, yeah, and they're going to earn that job, and I don't think it's going to be like an issue. It's not yeah. – 
Like, sure, they might make a mistake and allow a sack in a game. That happens. And the depth the is going to be hella good, too. That's oh, the, the thing. Depth is, the depth <laughs> is going to be great. As you mentioned, with, with the Wells playing on one leg in the, right. you know, in the playoff game last year against the Rams, injuries are going to occur. But I feel pretty good almost all across the board that if you're going to lose a player right. for a little bit of time. That... Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Mm-hmm. But in, in the Colts game, Ali Marpet was out. Aaron Stinney started in place of, of, of Marpet. And then you had Nick Leverett come in when Stinney hurt his knee, right? So yes. all, all of a sudden you were down to your third string guard, just like that. <laughs> and so yeah. th- that, that can happen. And and the more depth you have, the more talented depth you have, the more experienced depth you have, the better, which, which leads us to, okay, so who's next, right? We talked about this at the top. This team has, has already signed a, uh, it, or I should say added three defensive tackles, right? We talked about uh, Akeem Hicks, uh, Deidrin Sanat. They drafted Logan Hall. So so who's next for this Buccaneer team? Well, I, I think everyone, including you and I, Matt, are waiting on the return of of Rob Gronkowski, right? I, I think that that might be the next signing. It might happen as early as next week. If he wants to participate in the mandatory minicamp, if he doesn't, uh, then you're probably looking at a signing right before Bucks training camp. So I think that's probably the next signing that we could forecast. I think too, we've also spent a show on this uh, and we're going to get to edge rushers in a second, because that's going to be the next position that I think the Bucks are really going to look at. But if Chris Godwin's knee is not coming along as, as maybe fast as everyone would like, or if it's, it's a situation where Godwin might not be ready for the start of the season, but he'll be back sometime in September. They might want to sign a Julio Jones, right? This is a move that I think Tom Brady would applaud. And if they can work it out from a cap standpoint, and if they if they believe Julio Jones still has enough in the tank, which I kind of think they do, then all of a sudden your, your wide receivers one through four in this team are Mike Evans, Chris Godwin when healthy, Russell Gage, and, and Julio Jones. That's... That, that's as good as you're going to find in the league. Yeah. That, that would be a very effective group whenever Chris Godwin gets back there. And Julio Jones, again, on a limited rep base, I think would be awesome. And we all know Tom Brady is the ultimate recruiter, but I think on top of that, Tom Brady has been able to sway opponents that he's beaten in the past, whether it was Leonard Fournette, remember the Jaguars made it to that AFC championship game, you know, whether it's Richard Sherman, a guy that he's had beef with before and, he's beaten in the playoffs and there's been trash talk back and forth. So I'm sure Julio Jones at the end of the day, sure. Some people are going to make the jokes like that, you know, Brady came back 28 to three, but at the end of the day, he's going to have an opportunity to win a ring. And that was one of the main topics that we talked about for why Julio Jones wants to come to Tampa in the first place. And he would get to play with Russell Gage. Also just another plug. We have a video on our YouTube channel. We listed four or five more receivers not named Julio Jones that could be a fit that are veteran players and could really contribute to uh, the Bucks receiver group if they're looking for a wide receiver for. So make sure you check out that video yeah. on our YouTube channel. Yeah, so let's let's dive into some edge rushers right now because we know that this team has moved on from Jason Pierre-Paul. Heck, they gave his number 90 jersey to Logan Hall. So at age 33, coming off a shoulder injury, unsigned, uh, probably couldn't pass a physical right now with his shoulder as that's a, a rehab situation that, that lasts months. I just think that, that this team wants to get younger, right? That they, they wanted to get younger and they moved on from Sue. I think that's certainly the case with, with JPP. We kind of saw this move coming last year when they drafted Joe Tryon Shoinka in the mm-hmm. first round, started a couple games and, and had uh, two sacks against the Patriots ended up with four in the year. He's going to be a starter opposite Shaq Barrett. We know that we know, Anthony Nelson is going to be that third guy, had a, a great finish to last year, ended up with five sacks, career high. He's in a contract year, Matt. So when you look at those three guys, that's that's your one through three. But what happens if Shaq Barrett's out, right, and he missed a couple of games with a knee injury? What happens if JTS has to miss a game? What happens if Anthony Nelson gets banged up and now you need somebody to come in and get some meaningful reps in that outside linebacker rotation? They have Cam Gill, who's been a spot-designated pass rusher. They've got Elijah Ponder, who's kind of a promising young guy on the practice squad who might make a push for that number four job. 
But Matt, something tells me we're going to see another veteran sign at the edge rusher outside linebacker spot. It might happen in camp. It might happen during the preseason. It might happen right before the season. But there's some guys out there right now. And I think one of those guys that's interesting is a former Buccaneer, Carl Nassib. This is a player that that went out there to the Raiders, and they signed him for a, a big chunk of change, expecting him to be a starter, when really I think that he is a semi-starter. I think he's a better rotational player. He had his two best years, statistically speaking, in Tampa Bay. In 2018, six and a half sacks, six sacks, the next year playing for Todd Bowles in 2019 as an outside linebacker. And, um, you know, he's he's a player that was drafted in the third round by Cleveland. He lasted two years there. They put him on waivers. Jason Light picked him up right before the start of the season. Mm-hmm. He wound up being a starter. The Raiders overpaid him. The expectations were too much. And I just wouldn't be surprised at all if we end up seeing Carl Nassa back. I think he might be on the Bucs shortlist. From a size standpoint, he's exactly what – Todd Bowles loves, which is a a big, long, six foot seven, two hundred and seventy five pound outside linebacker. That was the first thing I wanted to bring up about Carl Nassib is that he fits the mold of just these trees of defensive linemen that the Bucks are building up front. Again, six seven. Put that next to Logan Hall, who's six six, and Joe Tryantrainka, that's gigantic as well, and Will Golston, who's obviously I believe he's six six as well too. So. From that size standpoint, absolutely, it's a fit. And obviously, he didn't just you know play for the Bucks. He did very well. Was a team captain. So you're talking about That's a right. guy that would be great in the locker room. He's obviously already familiar with a lot of guys on the team, familiar with the coaching staff and and that three four scheme and and playing the outside linebacker. And Carl Nassib is a high motor guy, which I think you. You obviously want in every player, but I think right. it's even more important, as Shaggy says there, depth matters. I think that's even more important when you get a guy that, you know, is going to be that fourth outside linebacker that might get a couple of snaps in the game if Shaq needs a little break or if Joe Tryanchenko is not on the field. Because you're going to have Carl Nassib going a 1,000 miles per hour yeah. against an offensive tackle. And this is what we talked about last year with Joe Tryanchenko, where, you know, he might not even play until the third quarter, but he's going to go against a tackle that's very tired playing in the hot Florida heat. Right. And, you know, he's going to win some reps that way. And I, I think we saw that a little bit to a degree, but I think we could really get that with, with Carl Nass. He played in 13 games last year, had a, a sack and a half. So obviously not the ideal production for the Raiders to, you know, pay him that contract yeah. that, that they were giving to him. But yeah. I also think too, that again, because of his familiarity, and I remember he had an Instagram post. It was like, it was during his contract year. It was like after the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't remember it specifically, but it was something about like he was sitting on a dock and he was saying like he was thinking about like how close this Bucks team is to, mm-hmm. you know, putting it all together and winning a yeah. championship. <laughs> the and then year. they did. And he, and he signed with the Raiders. But, you know, yeah. Carl knew that this team is pretty damn good. So I'm sure he's yeah. well aware that they could very much be back in the Super Bowl again this yeah. year. And- and you know what? I, I think the thing too is 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 sometimes when you get signed and listen, uh, the reason why Carl Nassib didn't really pan out in the Raiders organization is is because I think the expectations were unreasonable, right? I mean, they paid him like a frontline starter, ridiculous amount of money. That's not his fault, right? That's that's Mike Mayock, that's John Gruden's fault, <laughs> yeah. and and that's why those guys aren't in in Las Vegas anymore. And, and I think with Nassib, you know, if someone's going to offer you that amount of money, you're going to take it. But he's just not that guy. But what he is, he's a great rotational depth piece. And he comes in with, with plenty of experience. He's got the size that you mentioned, Matt. And, uh, and you know, he, he's got the, re- the respect of the players. He was a team captain here, you know. And, and I think that, that he would be one of the names at, at the top of the list when this team looks at outside linebackers, edge rushers, et cetera. And, and the other thing, too, is, is you know you mentioned Anthony Nelson six seven you know two hundred and seventy pounds this is this is really a clone six <laughs> seven two seventy five and and that that size that reach I'm going to be writing about this in my SRS Fab Five on Friday about how this team wants to to bat down more passes and obviously when you're when you're you know when you have long arms and you're huge 
you can you can do those types of things a lot easier than than say a six foot two defensive lineman because you can look over the the offensive lineman's uh, shoulder or head and you can see when that ball is going to be released. You can get your hands up. So if you're not getting to the quarterback with a hit or a sack, you can still affect the game. The other thing too is if Carl Nassib's going to be playing as a reserve, he's going to be on special teams. You can use that size to block field goals, extra points, et cetera. So that, that's that's another aspect that he can bring to this team. And and I, I like the speed that Cam Gill brings. I like the the uh, athleticism that, that Elijah Ponder brings. But those guys are more in that 6'2", 6'3", type of, of vein. Nassib's just kind of a, a bit of a monster. And, and speaking of monsters, there's a, one of my favorite players in this league when it comes to getting to quarterbacks. And um, I, I think we've got um, somebody. Let's see who it was here. Yeah, here we go. Justin Houston, says Gerald. Yes. Yes, no doubt about this it. guy? That guy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely great pass rusher. When you look at, at Houston, he's he's been around from – you know, from Kansas City to to Baltimore, et cetera, uh, just a, a tremendous pass rusher since entering the league. He's now 33, so he's a situational pass rusher, but but a, a great Georgia Bulldog, and was uh, a player in Kansas City that had 22 sacks back in 2014. I know that seemed like a long time ago. Five and a half sacks as a rookie, 10 the next year, 11 the year after that, then 22, and then 7.5, and then some injuries kind of kicked in. And, and then he had a, a couple of nine and a half, nine sack seasons. Then he goes to Indianapolis for two seasons, 11 sacks there, eight sacks in 2020. And then listen, he's 32. He's going to be 33 years old, four and a half sacks last year for the Ravens. I, I think in a pinch, who would you rather have, right? Would you rather have a guy that that can get to the premier passes, passers like, you know, like the, the Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Matthew Staffords, et cetera. Uh, this is a guy that's experienced. I'm, again, no knock on Cam Gill or Elijah Ponder, but if you're going all in on the Super Bowl, we saw the difference that Von Miller made for the Rams, right? Uh, they had Leonard Floyd. They had Aaron Donald. They threw another iron onto that fire, and and uh, you know, or I should say in the fire. And, uh, and this is a guy that, that can come in on a third down. If you want to put JTS inside, you bring – Shaq Barrett on one side, and you got Justin Houston on the other. And damn, man, that's 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 a nice one-two punch in the outside. Yes, exactly. He still has the skill set. Obviously, when he was in his prime, he was one of those players like, oh, third down, watch out for him, watch out for Justin Houston because he's yeah. going to go and do something and make a splash play. He also did have a forced fumble last year too, so he mm-hmm. is still when he can making those splash plays. I think it's important to point out to Scott that you mentioned he was on, you know, a lot of good teams, whether it was the chiefs, the Ravens struggled last year, but overall had a good team. Um, But he hasn't won a super bowl. He just missed the boat with Kansas city. He just missed out with the Ravens too. When, you know, when they were a top team. So he's another player that's still looking for a ring. I I think it's important. We should point out too, that the Ravens put a, um, uh, unrestricted free agent tender on him for uh, two point, yeah, two point seven five million. Mm-hmm. So the Bucks can still match that. They would have to sign him by July twenty second, but mm-hmm. it would just give the Ravens a a comped pick, so it doesn't hurt the Bucks too much from right. that standpoint. And I agree too that if they use him in a third down type of capacity, he could definitely be a, a big help to this team. If they just you know every now and then you know. We've seen with Shaq, he obviously has insane runs where he gets three sacks yes. a game. But, you know, we've also seen Shaq, and overall he's been great, so this isn't a huge knock on him. But there are times that teams will start double-teaming Shaq. They will start chipping him. And we obviously saw after his insane 19-and-a-half season, teams put more of an emphasis on him. And while Joe Trianchenko we like, he's still a little unproven for the most part. He's only got one season under his belt. So, there might be a time this season where the Bucs aren't getting as home as they want to. You know, it just yeah. slumps happen in, in this league. So you might need a, a little boost, and you could get that from Justin Houston. I yeah. think the, the players will talk about it, and I have a couple of players that I want to get, get to yeah. as well. I think he still has the best just, okay, I'm going to give you my best move, and you can stop it. Good for you, but right. I don't think you will be able to. 
every single time. Yeah. I think he, Justin he's Houston a big guy. He can set. set the edge. He's good against the run. Six three two seventy. Uh, I, I think you know. You mentioned the experience. One hundred and two career sacks. Right. This guy did not forget how to get to the quarterback. He's hungry for yeah. a ring. So I, I think that that he has. He's got a, a lot of of, uh, of want to still uh, as a situational pass rusher. And again, what we're talking about here is we're talking about someone that could rotate in with a, a JTS, with a, a Shaq Barrett, with an Anthony Nelson. And uh, and, and again, um, next year might be the year for the Cam Gills, the Elijah Ponders, when this team goes kind of back into a little bit of these uh, rebuilding mode, reload mode, if you will. But right now it's all in mode, and and why not try to do everything you can? And again, we've listed the Buccaneers' additions this offseason, from the Logan uh, Ryan's to the Logan Halls to the Akeem Hicks to the Keanu Neal's to the the Shaq Masons and the Rashad Whites and the Russell Gages, and and they they're still doing it, folks. They're still going for it. There's still going to be some more signings and still going to be some more additions. So even if you see the Saints pick up another player or the Rams. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. This is a work in progress. Jason Light's work here is not done and not done yet. So um, right when we get to the start of a football season, after the, the roster cutdowns happen in the first week of September, you're still going to see probably another move made or two because the Buccaneers are in all-in mode right now. Yes, they are. And another player I want to talk about, Scott, and uh, I've seen Bucs fans talking about it too, and I'm in agreement, and I could be an exciting player for – couple of reasons, but that is outside linebacker Anthony Barr. He played yeah. for the Minnesota Vikings. I think Barr is a very interesting case because he's a he's an off-ball linebacker. So, so some people are like, oh, like linebacker, you have Devin White and Levante David. He doesn't play the same position as them. He's a very versatile player that can move inside, but he's also can play outside too and, and get after the passer. And I think yeah. – when we talk about you know creativity and versatility, that's exactly what Todd Bowles looks for uh, in his defense. So I think Barr would be a great guy that you can move around. I mean, again, we've seen Todd Bowles take nose tackle Vita Vea and drop him back in coverage. So I, yeah. I just think Barr could be a really good fit there in terms of Todd Bowles will ask him to do a lot of different things, and he'll be able to do that when other players on this team just not might not be able to from one from a comfort factor and two from an athleticism standpoint. Yeah. Bar 2020 season, he only played two games. He tore his peck. Last season he played 11 games, had two and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. He's only 30 years old, which I know is still a little bit older, but I still think there's some tread on the tire. So again, in the ideology that he's going to be a fourth outside linebacker that's trying to prove that he still has something left. And, you know, he's not going to get that gargantuan contract, but could still, you know, this is an audition for a lot of players in this scenario that Mm -hmm. we're talking about. This is an audition for him to prove that he's still got something and then maybe get a two-year contract the next season with another team where a little more security there. So I think Barr... Maybe a Super Bowl ring, right? Yeah, and a Super Bowl ring as well, too. So I think Barr, with his athleticism, versatility... And um, capabilities to to play. I mean, I don't think he's he, and he's a three time Pro Bowl player as well, too, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, we're, we're talking we're talking about a guy he's, that he's has actually to, been the Pro Bowl four times. And, four and times. it's, Sorry, it's interesting because you mentioned last year at age 29, you know, he had two and a half sacks, can still get to the to to the the quarterback, had three interceptions, can affect the passer that way, and along with with five pass breakups. And, and the interesting thing here, Matt, and we've talked about three players that you've brought up, right, from from Carl Nassib, who who gives the Buccaneers experience in Todd Bowles' scheme, uh, the length that Todd Bowles likes, to a player in Justin Houston that just has that experience, his hunger, uh, knows how to get to the quarterback like no other 102 career sacks. The interesting thing here is this is a player that has the ability to play uh, not just outside linebacker as an edge rusher, and he's yeah. got pretty good size too, right? He's he's uh, no small guy, two hundred and or two hundred fifty seven pounds, six foot five, so kind of built similarly to Joe Tryon Shoinka in that respect. Probably about five or ten pounds lighter, but what he can also do for you is give you some insurance in case KJ Britt just doesn't wow you anything more than just say a great special team or in other words if you can't really if you don't feel comfortable if you're todd bowles if you are larry foot the inside linebackers coach if you're not comfortable with kj Britt 
stepping in for uh, a Devin White or a Levante David at the Mike or Mo weak side linebacker, middle linebacker positions, maybe Anthony Barr with the, all of his experience and playing time can help you there for a game or two. And we've seen some some of those guys, whether it be Devin or, or Levante, miss some time. And we, we saw Kevin Minter have to step in. In 2020, the results were great. I mean, Minter played well against yeah. the Washington football team and, and plays to Devin White. Last year, you kind of saw Minter's play, you know, kind of go downhill. That's why he's not signed. That's why the Buccaneers, Buccaneers didn't re-sign him. So with I like, I like the selection, Matt. I mean, this, this is an interesting pick because he gives you some outside linebacker and inside linebacker versatility. That's exactly what Todd Bowles loves. And that's a good point, too, because K.J. Britt, Coaches have been hyping him up. Devin White hyped him up, but there's no guarantee until the playoffs, the playoffs, the postseason, the postseason, the preseason. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place here. The preseason is going to be a huge thing for him because he's got to prove that he's going to be that number three linebacker. We all like Grant Stewart. He's more of a special teams player, and he's not playing right now. He's he's been out for every single yeah. uh, OTA practice. So this is a big year for. Um, for KJ Britt when it, when it comes to that aspect of it, Scott, I have two more players that I have down on this sure. list. One is a complete, you know, low risk, high reward one. And I'll get to him in a moment, but another player, when I was looking at some free agents and it's a player you've heard before and he's up there in age, but his mm -hmm. production, you can't really argue against it. And this is Carlos Dunlap, a defensive yeah. end and edge rusher. He's getting up there in his age. You know, he's a uh, mid thirties, but he played at the university of Florida. He's a Florida guy would probably like to, you know, come back to where it's a little bit warmer compared to, you know, where he's played in Seattle and Cincinnati and places like that. But over the last two years, he's only missed one game and yeah. he's had 14 sacks, including eight and a half last season. So that's production. That was like what they were getting from JPP before he kind of, Right. fell off uh, for all the injuries, you know, this mm -hmm. year. But I just think, again, a veteran guy that's looking to win a championship, that sack production, it shows that he's getting to the quarterback because, you know, he's played for Seattle. Seattle wasn't a good team last year. So getting eight and a half sacks is kind of hard to do when the team builds up a lead against them and then has to, you know, run the ball more. You're not going to get after the quarterback. So I think Dunlap chasing a ring, the production is there. He's up there in age. But again, if it's a one-year yeah. deal, I'm all for it. He's also huge, six six two eighty five. Yeah, and and so what he what he can do is he can play inside and outside. Right? That's 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 the value he gives you is the ability to go inside and be an interior pass rusher as well as an edge rusher on the outside. That's right. And the last player again, low risk, high reward. He tore his Achilles in December, so I'm not exactly sure when he's going to be back but uh he originally began his career with the falcons and that's uh tack mckinley um obviously mm -hmm. a former first round pick spent last year with the uh with the browns hasn't really played much he's played uh he played four games last year had a, a sack and a half and i believe played four games the year before i just think for the fact that and we don't exactly know when he's going to be healthy again because he got injured so late but He's only 26 years old, and I just think when he's that young, and obviously he requested a trade out of Atlanta, it hasn't totally worked in his next two spots. But, you know, he was a first-round pick for a reason. I just think a player that young, maybe you take a chance on him, kind of like what they did with Josh Rosen at quarterback a couple of years ago. Yeah. You take a chance on him. You you see if, you know, you can mold him into something. Right. Maybe he'll give you a benefit of the doubt if, you know, you took a chance on him by bringing him in here eventually when he gets healthy that he'll sign with you next year. And right. I just think, again, low risk, high reward, extremely young age. Maybe yeah. you get something out of him in the middle of the season when he gets healthy. But I, I don't know. It was just something that crossed my mind when I was. Uh, yeah, I, was I mean, th these are all good names. And and I think you make the case for every single one of them. Uh, they bring something different, but they all bring yes. something that the Buccaneers want slash need as an outside uh, linebacker in this, this team, this like likes to get after the quarterback. They like to blitz. They like to have edge rushers, guys that can not just set the edge, but also get after the quarterback. And um, we talk about depth. This has kind of been a show about depth and, and, and uh, the Akeem Hicks move is, is a tremendous uh, depth move. 
I'm going to be getting, I've just got the contract numbers. I'm going to be doing a story on Akeem Hicks's contract. So look for that within the hour on pewterreport.com. And um, tomorrow we, we've got another depth piece that really stepped up big time in the game at Carolina, not just as a receiver, but also a guy that threw a great block downfield on Keyshawn Vaughn's touchdown run at Carolina. Then the next week is a hero catching the touchdown pass against the Jets, a really exciting guy that has worked on his hands, right? I was one of the, the guys that criticized him for uh, having the ball bounce off his helmet, you know, and, and sometimes those type of moments, they can break you or make you. It's made Cyril Grayson into a guy that has some great hands now. And we saw that that catch against <laughs> the Jets was, was no joke. I mean, that was a tremendous thrill by Tom Brady with just a couple seconds left in the game. And a, and a fantastic catch by Grayson. If only, yeah. if if only we could have seen him maybe in the playoffs. Yeah, he's developed into a, a much better player that has a good chance to make this team. And as you said, he was money in that Jets game. And speaking yeah, of was. money, the best place to manage your money and get ready for your financial future, the best place to go and do that is with Immuni Financial. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead. Stay ahead. Got to get to Colorado. We that must. We, we need to. We have to. And uh, whether it's visiting Colorado or visiting uh, any place around the world, enjoy your golden years, your retirement years, by having enough money in the bank to where you don't have to work, right? Set yourself up for, for financial freedom and the security that comes with that by managing your assets today. And the folks at Immuni Financial can do that. Do what I did. Give Immuni Financial a call. Talk to Mark, talk to David, talk to the folks over there. They're fantastic. They can help you plan ahead and stay ahead with your finances. 1-800-868-6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. It, it's more than just legacy planning, folks. It's more than just brokerage and advisory services uh, for, you know, if you want to play the stock market, if you want to get into the mutual funds game, it's more than just retirement accounts. It's also college savings accounts and insurance services. With over 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. They're a tremendous sponsor of us here at Peter Report, not just on this podcast, but also in the Bucks Monday mailbag. So uh, do us a favor. Help us uh, and, and our sponsors out by giving them a call or visiting them on the web at immunity.com. Even if you have a financial advisor, even if you have your uh, your portfolios with another company. It never hurts to have a second opinion, especially when your financial future is on the line. So Matt, uh, we've, we've had a, a great show today. And again, we're going to have some more great content on, on PeterReport.com. Uh, I've got the, the inside uh, Keem Hicks' contract story coming up. We'll have more great content, a new Fab Five for you on Friday. And um, we would be remiss if we didn't let you know that we're approaching 8,500 now on our way to 9,000. And we want you, Pewter people, to become a subscriber to the Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. And when we say subscribe, it's free. It just means hitting a button. That's all you got to do. So make sure that you're doing that. And Matt, what else do we want them to do? Like, subscribe, retweet, everything else in between, because it helps our algorithm. Again, yep. it's free. All it does is it lets you know when we're going live, when we have other videos coming out. It helps everyone that's a football fan or maybe you're a Bucks fan and you haven't heard about Peter Report, but then you want to see our interviews with Will Golston, our upcoming interview with Cyril Grayson Jr. I mean, we got a lot of different content on our YouTube channel, on PeterReport.com as well. So by hitting that like button and subscribing, you're just helping everyone else know about Peter Report, finding it in places that maybe you haven't found before uh, on YouTube. Uh, on this channel, which is a huge platform. We're trying to grow ours as much as we can. So if you guys appreciate, you know, these podcasts, the short videos, um, obviously when the season gets here, we're going to have more Peter game day, which I know you guys were a big fan of that. We'll That's do right. 
live streaming again as well too. So by hitting that like button, it helps us and it helps us help you. So please go ahead and do that. Yep. Uh, another great show. We appreciate all you computer people for joining us today. We love the interaction. We love reading your, your comments, your questions. We put some of them up there. We appreciate the super chats we've gotten this week and we appreciate you guys. Thanks for checking out Pewter Reports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also the Pewter Report TV channel on YouTube, and of course, pewterreport.com. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow with Cyril Grayson, Bucks wide receiver here on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.